So we're back with uh, part two of episode 19 of Black Band T-Shirt Podcast, uh, continuing overall part four, even, of our Cohen and Cambria odyssey. Uh, so yes, um, in this final part, we'll be discussing um, their most recent record, Vaxus One, The Unheavenly Creatures, um, our um, uh, our thoughts on subsequent releases, so Jesse's Girl 2 and um, Shoulders, the single that emerged from them a month or so ago, and um, oh, the niche and the better top five on um, mm-hmm. songs from albums that aren't a debut that feature a musician on it for one album only. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <Bravo>. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> and... Um, and our usual shout-outs at the end. Uh, so, yeah. Vaxus One, Young Heavenly Creatures. I had it down at number eight, so not a, a record no. I like a lot. Because it's too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long. I mean, yes, it is. It's my number four, but yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> it's not long for... Okay. Okay. It's as long as an album can be, right? It is the yeah. exact length of a CD. It's it's tall territory. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much you got? What have you got? 80 minutes? Right, here's 80 minutes of music. <laughs> but prior to the three albums that we talked about in, in the mm-hmm. first half of this second half, yeah. um, that was pretty much par for the course, right? 60 to 80 minutes for a Coheed album. Yeah. Like, yeah. They... they wrote long songs and uh, and filled those CDs up you know <laughs> um, I've got most of the Coheed's back catalogue on, on vinyl and only Colour Before the Sun and the Afters Men are single discs yeah. however and like we said I suppose you can argue Afterman being a whole thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure but um, and this actually I realise now does support your point Vaxus One, The Unheavenly Creatures, triple fucking disc. I never listened to it. That is too much flipping, right? It's How much of that? only to the, to the four disc box set yeah. of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness <laughs> that I own to own, uh, but will never listen to. <laughs> like, what, do, you, do you think it needed to be? Or how much of that do you think? Because I know there is a certain amount of that happening so they can charge more money for it. Not the band, obviously. I'm sure they wouldn't be involved in that kind of decision. But With, Without getting too nerdy, I think with the with the rule that at 33 RPM, you can't fit more than about 20 minutes yeah, on okay. a side without losing some fidelity. Yeah. It probably did, yeah. Um, but it does make for a kind of impressive packaging, which... Mm. Let, let, let's let's start okay yeah it, it's too long right that's just that is a fact but let, let's start so it make it makes a very impressive package but um i'm gonna go out there and say second worst artwork in the coheed back catalog after um the much discussed no world for tomorrow yes. boot cut jeans and space <laughs> um just it looks Absolutely like fucking agreed. Babylon Five. It's, what the <laughs> hell? It's, it's just yeah. shit CGI rendering. It's the it's fuck, like man. It's like um, the kind of stuff that ten years ago was kind of uh, ten a penny on deviant art. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it is really that does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, again, it doesn't. To me, it. Do, I, I mean, maybe because it doesn't have 
if I'm remembering right, like the the band name and the album title and stuff, nothing appears on there. It's just the image, isn't it? Which yeah, yeah, of, yeah it is. Which yeah. actually, I you know, I like that. I really like album covers that are like that. But in this case, I feel like it it adds to that feeling of it just being a random image rather than an album cover. It doesn't. It doesn't look like album art. It looks like a frame from a comic. <laughs> yeah. And not a good one. <laughs> and not an obviously good one. <laughs> so, so that's this one, The Unheavenly Creatures. Let, let's, again, this is another one of those albums where we need to contextualise it because it represents um, two pretty significant milestones. Yeah. One is the band returning to Roadrunner. Um, and because mm. I am, you know, a lazy hack, I haven't actually looked into this, but I, I don't know um, with Roadrunner particularly. Um, if they have a history of things like that, but it's it's it is unusual for a band to to be on um, a specific offshoot of a major label and mm. then re-sign to that same offshoot. I don't, you know, that just doesn't happen very often. So that in itself was very interesting. Um, you know, they were given carte blanche to self-produce, which is always um, a little bit risky. Yeah, mm. um, I think, but. Um, uh, I, in my opinion, whatever else you say about the album did a stellar job. It, it sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, I think so. Um, and let's be honest, Return of the Proc, right? Yeah. Lead single. Uh, okay, two, two minutes of this is um, a prologue, but it was 10 minutes long, right? As yeah. a single. This is an eight minute <laughs> song. So very much announcing, hey, we're doing this again. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Incredibly so. Which is in itself quite was quite exciting because it, it, like what I said in the first half about The Colour Before the Sun if they continued in that vein I don't think I would like that album as much as I do the fact that they very much did not continue in that vein yeah. um, makes that album uh, more, more enjoyable as the, the kind of outlier if you will yeah, yeah. Um, but they announced it as correct me if I'm wrong the first part in a five album um, series <laughs> yep. telling a, supposedly telling a particular story about the Amory like I'm going to just put my cards on the tables here I don't give a shit about the Amory Wars no. yeah, I yeah, think that, that, that was covered. a load of old fucking bollocks yeah. even by the con- by the standards of concept albums right um, but uh, but yeah you know what, whatever gets you writing massive epic this, uh, bangers that is exactly Mario, it right this is the boots. thing this is the thing that I feel I struggle with Club Before the Sun and the reason that this and when everything about this was announced excited me so much is to me the co- all the concepts are to me are uh, a sign that the band are going to be more adventurous with the songwriting as well and more imaginative with the songwriting as well because it's part of a concept the concept itself like you say couldn't give a shit but it always seems to me that when that is involved they allow themselves to be more interesting with their songwriting 100% and, and to get the backing of Roadrunner to do this after I, um, I believe that Year of the Black Rainbow yeah. was their last uh, was their only release on, on Roadrunner previously mm. actually right? they signed to Roadrunner for that album yeah. and mysteriously <laughs> did not stick around afterwards <laughs> can't imagine why that might have been oh. <laughs> didn't sell as many as Chad Kroger um <laughs> Something I wanted to go into um, about this record is that, um, yeah, so around this time, uh, Roadrunner were having a bit of a sort of renaissance. Um, They'd released 
stuff like um, I think I think at this point Creeper had come out on Roadrunner. I can't yeah, remember. yeah. Everything, yeah. everything Creeper have done except the first EP has been yeah. on Roadrunner. Okay, um, Marmosets as well, and a few sort of um, cool name droppy bands were uh, coming out on 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 Roadrunner, and Coed in Cambria have obviously this is their ninth album. They're a career band. At this point, Riff Verging at that point, and I would argue that that this album has saved them from this. But verging on a legacy legacy band, yeah, definitely Sundays, which is glories, yeah, which is why it's interesting that this eighty minute um, sort of um, twisting turning prog epic. Is the one they choose to release for their return to Roadrunner because I'd feel with a label that's clearly making a move to appeal to younger listeners, um, this just feels in- impenetrable. So there's to there's anyone to anyone younger than thirty. Well, so <laughs> I think that, and this is actually today is a perfect day for us to be having this conversation. So I okay. this is going out. We're having this conversation in mid September. Right now, um, in Chicago, the Riot mm-hmm. Fest is happening, and Coheed played last night, which right. would have been the the uh, the Friday night mm-hmm. of Riot Fest, to a fucking massive crowd by the looks of it. Okay, and I think it's one of these things where um, we have to remind ourselves that they are, however successful they are in in the UK, you know, they could pull, um, I guess, about you know between two and a half to 5,000 people a night depending on where they're playing yeah they are much bigger in the US yeah 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 like at the, peak, so at the peak it, of their powers in the UK they were they were playing Brixton these days probably Forum I reckon yeah um, definitely you know still Brixton sized venues I think at the bare minimum in the, in the US so mm. um, commercially I hate to say this but like commercially it makes sense right they're still they're a band that still mm. has gas in the tank i think that if i were being um more cynical um you could argue that um so off off, off mic before we started recording ollie and i were having a conversation about um uh, thrice's uh, mm. post hiatus career yeah and i was saying that to be everywhere is to be nowhere um succeed whatever you think of the album um it succeeded in its goal which was to return them to, to stop them being a legacy act return them to relevance yeah and they had like two massive radio hits off that yeah. album so they kind of bought themselves the goodwill to kind of do what the fuck they want for a little bit because they're only on epitaph right so yeah um what what it feels to me um and i'd be really interested to get your your perspectives on this is that's the color before the sun um I, and i have to be honest i don't know the actual ins and outs of the performance of that album in the u.s but but i believe that um uh, you've got spirit kids and uh, and here to Mars were were pretty successful as singles. Yeah. Um, bought themselves the goodwill to go to Roadrunner and be like, right, we want to do a five album <laughs> prog rock epic of eighty minute albums uh, about space gnomes or whatever. It is yeah. That fucking write about. Produce it ourselves. And we're gonna we're gonna self produce. Yeah. Um. Here's an eight minute song. <laughs> and Roadrunner were like, yeah, tight. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> But here's the thing: that song doesn't feel eight minutes long, no. and and while I do agree with you, that this album is is too long. I don't think it feels eighty minutes long. 
It's I what I think, I think as well an album paced. it does, but I agree with you that I think the exception because the the thing I've said about my low light isn't necessarily the length of the album as a whole because like you said that their older albums were all along those lines. The difference for me is that most songs on this album feel too long individually as songs, whereas the Dark Sentencer is the one that I don't think does. So yeah, I know people I who agree. didn't like Coheed and hate Prog heard that song and were like. This is actually good, isn't it? Because oh, okay. it just um, it it has an it, it changes enough to to really um, be deceptively long, if you will. You know, I think by the end of it, you're like, oh shit, that that was yeah, eight yeah. minutes. Because, um, but yeah, so so so, but yeah, a, a lot going on, a, re- a really st- a series of strange decisions, albeit one that seems to have paid off for them. Um, I saw um, Josh on Twitter last night saying. Um, I can't believe how much we've grown in the last half decade, mm. Um, mm. and that's that's that is how long. Well, it was it was maybe three and a half years, but basically 2015, Color Before the Sun. Yeah. Um, 2018, I think maybe for um, for this record. Yeah. 2019 for this record. 2018. Um, and clearly still adding to their base. So so it, I mean, if it was a gamble and it feels like it was, then it, it seems to be one that's paid off. Um, but let, let's, I mean, let's, let's delve into it. Like, you mm. know, we, we've all said it's too, it's too long. <laughs> the thing I said w- when we did our initial record of this, uh, <laughs> back when, <laughs> I think some, something that, um, I always come back to and having listened to the album yesterday, I, I, I still feel this way. I agree. It's too long. There are too, there are too many songs and those songs are too long. However, I would struggle to, to tell you which songs could easily go, I, I have a feeling that you guys do not have that problem. No. I've got, I've got a few that I know I would chuck in the bin. Yeah, mm. that again, uh, like like you were saying with, um, what song was it you were talking about? Dark Side of Me was no Iron Fist. Mm. Um, that like, yeah, there's a there's a that, that all of them I think are perfectly good songs. They're not bad songs. They're just ones that when you've got songs that are as good as some of the others on this album, they don't need to be there as filler just to make the album longer, which is what it feels like they're doing. Which, like we've said before, is probably actually the downfall and the sort of the downside to the whole concept part. In that I get the feeling that a lot of those songs stay there for the narrative uh, of the concept. I might be completely wrong with that, but that's that was my fear. I I think um, this ties into the the comment that you made earlier about the, when they're being self consciously cheesy and when mm. they're they're not when they're cheesy and they don't seem to realise it. I I think that the songs on this album are there because they couldn't pick which ones to lose I, I don't Maybe, yeah. I mean I could well be wrong but I don't don't think they necessarily um, it's in service of the narrative I think they wrote 80 minutes of music and, and sat and listened to them and were like well I don't want to delete as, as it yeah. were delete that um, I, I don't want to um, you know re- remove any of this because is this where the self-production as well maybe when you've got a producer there the to thing. say actually that song exactly. doesn't need to be there from mm. an outside well, perspective I, I, again um, yeah again tying into to, to that um, that earlier conversation that, that Ollie and I had mm. about, about Thrice who, who again are, are another band who veer off into experimental territory with mixed results i saw you mention this on twitter yesterday actually yeah when there isn't an external party in the room to go that's good stop now 
um yeah i i would be really interested would to i mean obviously this this will never happen but to hear what this album would have sounded like if say um and i can't remember the top of my head who who it was um but if if whoever was in control when they recorded good apollo right yeah so someone who knows how to indulge their prog side to its most effective degree um yeah, I, I think that they probably would have been like, you're not doing enough different things to justify the amount of no. music that, that you're making here. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. There's 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 enough stuff on the album that is treading new ground and it's been exciting for those ones that aren't to yeah, yeah. to not have to be there, exactly. Yeah. And and do you know what I think uh, and, and Ollie, tell me if if I'm getting jumping the gun here and getting ahead of it, but I have to think that they they are aware to some extent that that's what's happening because Old Flames mm-hmm. feels very strategically placed yeah. as the penultimate song. Yeah. And spoiler, one or maybe the second best song on here for me. Same. Um, uh, and also the, it's the theme, right? So replacing the... Ollie, I bet you know this. What is the name of the theme that opens the first three albums? Oh, it's called like The Ring in Return or something. Yeah. Clearly, I think that the recurring musical motif on mm. this new set is going to be the Old Flames melody, right? Because right. the album opens with that on, mm-hmm. on the piano and uh, Old Flames is the penultimate song. It it feels like that classic thing that um, used to be incredibly prevalent on mediocre albums <laughs> where one of the bangers was very strategically positioned at the end of the album yeah. so that you ended up feeling like the album was maybe better than it actually had been. <laughs> and I have to say, it works on me. Right? Yeah. I, know, I know what's being done and it's still effective. Yeah, yeah because like this track list is so exhausted. You, you, you know, you, like... <laughs> You 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 you've 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 been you've been through sort of the various highs and lows of the opening half, which are, which I'm sure we'll go into the uh, into um, in a bit. Um, from um, yeah, dark sentence through through the way from um, all the way through to love protocol. But then you scroll, um, like I've got it up on my phone, you scroll down, and, oh my God, there's so much, so left. much more, <laughs> <laughs> so much left to go here. Um, and yeah, like, um, like you say, like, um, yeah, if it wasn't for old flames, I would happily bin off most of the second half of this record, but that saves it, um, for me. Interesting. Um, yeah. See, I've got, yeah, see, I don't have old flames, like, as highly regarded as as you two seem to. I like, I like it. Mm. It's definitely and I, I absolutely agree. It's, it's that I feel like maybe a little you need easy for end. you though, based on what I know of what you like. About yeah, it, it's it, it's I think maybe that um, it treads the line between self-aware cheesiness and just outright cheesiness. Yeah, I have put that in my notes. Actually, looking at it, I have mentioned the cheesiness of it, but not necessarily as a uh, not as as much of a negative point as as some of the other songs I've mentioned about that. I, I have. I, I do think it's a great one for his voice, um, and I, 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 I compared the the na 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 bit as uh, reminding me of MCR <laughs> quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, fair, fair. 
but yeah, it's 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 that it's that definitely that boost that you need when you get to that point in the album yeah. to not just give up on it before the last track. Um, <laughs> the the one that in that kind of second half that I really really like is the gutter, which I think was another single actually, wasn't it? Likewise, that I've got right here. I've, I've got um, have, uh, dark sentencer. The Gutter and Old Flames. Those are the three standouts for me. Cool. Oh, sorry, and Toys as well. Okay. That, See, that riff. It's so simple, but it's yeah. so, so good. And I've got, I've used the word swagger again there. It's, it's you know, it's got that that same kind of swagger going on that we've so mentioned I'm, I'm, before. So I'm saving that for, for a little bit later um, on, on album tracks, I think, is where that really comes back in. Um, but but we yeah, did. I mean... Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I just, I think that... Um, yeah, I mean, I like all of the songs on this album. I, I think I would I would have to you know crowdsource the ones that we were getting rid of to, to bring it down to a, to a double disc set, shall we say? <laughs> but I think over, overall, it's just it, in the same way that the the uh, Aftersmans, um, were, it was just a relief to have a functioning mm. coheed back. Yeah. This one is like, oh shit, and they can do the the immense prog thing. Maybe not, you know. Maybe this isn't the best example of it, but that they are doing that rather than settling into we're a legacy band. Yeah. You know, we're going to go out and tour, and people are just going to want to listen, hear the old stuff. And I, I saw them. Um, I mean, it was at a festival, so obviously not, you know, not the same kind of choices being made as as it would a headline set. But they were enormously out of place. On the Grows Rock main stage, um, <laughs> on on uh, in 2019, and um, they played so much new stuff. I mean, yeah. I loved it. It, it, it. That I think one of the reasons that I like this album more than um, perhaps um, I might otherwise is that I've seen quite a lot of these songs mm. live, and mm. it really is that thing where you you come away liking them much more. Yeah, and I think and they played how much they enjoy playing them as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's there's an undeniable joy to seeing a band enjoying being in that band. That, That's it. That is really infectious. I think that is what I came away from with with the their art tangent set that we saw. I'm pretty sure that was after. It was either after this had come out. Yeah, or it, just was, it was. It was. It was. Probably it was. It was 2019. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So and again, exact. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Seeing them play these songs. It's, it, it was a similar thing to what I think I like about the, the, the positive about this album being so long is that actually they clearly still, for a band this far into their career to be able to write an album that long without getting fed up hmm. um, and still clearly having the imagination and the passion for it uh, to try new things and, to, and to, to, to go for it in that way, you know, I think is a very encouraging thing for, what, for what's to come, hopefully. It could be that they get three albums into this five album epic and go ah crap <laughs> that's it we've exhausted ideas but i just can't see that happening it's the same um so, so i've just got the um Arctangent set list up it's the same here um as gross rock six songs yeah so you got um docs uh, well prologue into the dark senator gutter true ugly old flames in the pavilion do they not play the title track must have done no no Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's that's my top track. Is that is Unheavenly Creatures? Right. Okay. Um, I think it's still the one that stands out to me as just. Uh, I mean, just it's, it is a fantastic single. It's just a really catchy chorus. 
It's got it's got it's got all of the classic kind of Kohi tropes going on in it, but mm-hmm. it somehow feels like a reimagining of what Kohi are as well. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And I actually feel the same way about the Dark Sentence. I, I yeah. think that they have um, after almost well, so what was this? Twenty eighteen. This came out right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so basically, after fifteen years, have finally written a song that could usurp. In keeping secrets yep. of Silent Earth as the just the um, evergreen yeah, yeah, yeah. opener because <laughs> it it really is a hell of a way to start a show. It's a proper cheesy fists in the air with the bass drum um, kind of anthemic yeah. uh, riff storm. Riff storm, yeah. yeah. This that's the thing, right? There's so much going on. Some of these songs are fairly strict basic musically like like you know i said i love toys i love that riff but it's one you know you could play that with one arm tied tight behind your back but um a song like that is just it's got more ideas in that one song than a lot of bands mm-hmm. cram on an album yeah i just quick little uh nod to uh, of appreciation as well to the fact that one of the biggest sing-along moments in that song is the line welcome home <laughs> yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, they're, they're good, good at the callbacks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or kind of foreshadowing, very cinematic. So, what? Sorry, Ollie, you were you were going to say? Mm. Um, I was just going to quickly mention um, my best song here, which none of you have mentioned. Mm. So, um, we both uh, we all seem to quite like toys. I I, um, I like Black Sunday after it as well. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, um, but um, my favourite on this record is um, Love Protocol. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I have all I've. It's the one I've got the least notes on. And I've just said, mm, "Classic, epic, coheed." Yeah, I think, I think that's yeah, that's exactly why I'm into it. Um, but um, so, um, worst song here for me is um, "Queen of the Dark." Yeah, see, it's inter- I don't mind that one too much. But you, interestingly, you mentioned Black Sunday as not being that bad, and that's my worst. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I quite like the uh, the kind of the elect- use of the electronics on Queen of the Dark and things. It does feel that it's the first one for me that's that feels maybe subpar compared to what we've had. Which we, which is interesting that we've um, both picked songs from around there because yeah. that's far before the fatigue is supposed to set in yeah, exactly. with this album. Yeah. <laughs> that comes around sort of like all on fire walks among us. <laughs> I, I like the atmosphere of Queen of the Dark. I think yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So, so I'm glad you mm. mentioned that because um, I I cannot tell you which songs I would get rid of. I, I said mm. that before, and, and I stand by and listen to you two talk about these tracks is reinforcing that for me. I think Queen of the Dark and Black Sunday are obvious, both obvious choices for a mission in just in terms of their inconsistency with the rest of the mm. album. But in the context of the album, that works for me because it's a it's it's a pace shift, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And they're both really, again, really catchy. But for me, a measure because I don't really remember, um, like, Coheed one of these bands where I love them, but you net you say a song title, and unless it's like one of the big smashes, then I'm gonna have to double check which song that is usually. <laughs> yeah. And looking up the lyrics never helps because you can't understand a fucking <laughs> word that, that he's saying. You need phonetic um, lyrics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like Glassjaw. Um, but um, I, all of these songs, I, I think, have their place. Again, there, you know, there are too many of them, but I don't <laughs> know that I 
necessarily think any of them aren't good. I, I just honestly think this would have been a better contender for splitting it in half mm. than the uh, Dessert Men yeah. um, albums did. <laughs> <laughs> um, the trouble yeah, is, cause... though, I suppose, would would if that happened, would we have the same problem that we do with... I mean, not problem, but you know, I mean the same issue with the after aftermath ones of it being like, well, it doesn't quite work mm. on its own. I th- no, I th- I think you would, and I I have to assume that's why we yeah. have an eighty-minute album <laughs> um, because they pro- I'm sure that someone, if not from the band, then from Roadrunner, was like, lads, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, you know a lo- as long as a film. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, are we sure we can't do do a bit a bit less? Um, uh, yeah, where 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 you, where did you do the cut off? Yeah, but um, really interesting album though, and it, and it, if nothing else, you know, left me going. Well, I'm really excited to yeah. see what what happens. Next. Absolutely, and definitely, that's the overriding thing for me. Mm. Which you know, this far into your career in nine albums deep, mm. to be able to do that is in itself an achievement. Yeah, because I think most of the bands that we got into around the time that Cody came out are well into. Okay, just play the hits now, please. <laughs> territory, you know. Yeah. Rightly or wrongly, I mean, I, I mean that more in terms of what people are going to see them for than necessarily yeah, yeah, yeah. the output. I th- I, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. I think just thinking about what you were saying about like not knowing what songs to take off it I've, I'm just thinking about it now I think that's a big part of why I've got it as high as fourth for me as well mm. is that it's the there are it's one of the few actually Coheed albums where there are no songs I can say I have an active dislike for hmm. there's the ones that I could pick out and say yeah they're they're weaker right. and they don't need to be there but m- I could say most Coheed albums I could pick out at least one song where I'd go like I actively don't really like that one Okay, I couldn't say that about any of these Fair. So that is that that is the biggest encouraging thing for me. Um, I know you said Rob that you wouldn't particularly take anything off here, but um, have we covered your sort of lowlights of this record? So I I couldn't name individual songs. Mm. I think that it is, and I I think it is. It feels like a top loaded album. And like I said, you know, you've got a strategically placed banger towards the back end. <laughs> so I, I guess it kind of, for me, lags a little bit in the middle. But I've got I've got the track listing open in front of me right now because I was like, I can't, you know, cop out and not, um, uh, you know, not not pick anything. Mm. Um, but but actually, even you know, at the halfway point of the album, you've got um, like Love Protocol, which I think one of you. As I said previously as as like being like a really classic mm. um that classic coheed sound and aroma and then you know three songs later the gutter which which is a high spot for me um i i think i'm going to have to just take the the weasel way out and just go it, it is too long but i don't want to be the person that has to make the choice of what goes no and that, again that goes back to exactly what i said. i i would i would straight away opt for shortening most of the songs rather than taking any of them away right. i think so yeah. many of them go on for one more chorus than they need to you know they'll do yeah. it you'll have a perfectly good song structure that's really interesting and cool and then they have a weird little breakdown bit and uh, and then you like okay end it that's cool that's a good ending let's do another double chorus no we don't need to do that um <laughs> yeah almost, i'm gonna back yeah. that Tr- trim the songs not the album yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, 
finally, we're going to, yeah, just chat about what they've been up to since uh, the release of uh, Vaxus 1. So, um, was... Jesse's Girl 2, was that 2019 or uh, was that... Uh, was, was that... Part, was that... 2020. Lockdown uh, Madness, uh, yeah. All, all I can say is we all lost our fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Ollie, just in case anyone isn't familiar, do you want to... Well, yeah, I mean... Just like... to summarise it. <laughs> um... Well, I mean, yeah, everyone knows Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. It's a song about him wanting to bang his mate's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and um, Coheed wrote a sequel to it. With, with, and, uh, and, with, with, with Rick Springfield yeah, in the video. Rick Springfield on it. And then made a video, which was, of, of all the videos that were obviously shot in like isolation one yeah. of the better ones because yeah. they they used did a lot of clever use of animation cgi mm. um i mean it sounds like a, a it's a classic cheesy coheed song right yeah, at, yeah. At, at, at its heart like i feel like other than the production it would actually um fit quite nicely onto um uh alongside something like um blood red summer right yep. it's, it's, yep. it's that kind of vibe um, I've got uh, the the Wikipedia page in front of me here. In, in just to your comment about lockdown madness, um, I am so glad this did not come to pass. Um, according to an article by Entertainment Weekly at the time, Jesse's Girl Two came out, which was August 2020. So we've been living with that for a year now. Um, they had talked about releasing an entire album called Sequels. I was going to bring this up. (laughs) Consisting only of sequels to other songs to which I can only say, thank God for the vaccines. (laughs) And and thankfully, Coheed aren't Weezer and didn't do it. I was going to say, I was was just about to say, like, while we didn't get that... Cuomo uh, and Cambria. (laughs) While we didn't get Coheed's Sequels album, we did get the Teal album, so... (laughs) Yeah. Something bad, something bad did happen ultimately, but oh, that was pre, that was way pre-pandemic though. No, oh, oh yeah, what was, yeah, uh, that was just Weezer being Weezer. So. Yeah, <laughs> sure, as as they build up to the Black Album, which was shite. <laughs> <laughs> um, then, yeah. Anyway, do we? Yeah, do do we have this? I mean, Jesse's Girl too. It just we were all having a tough time, and, <laughs> and for a couple of days there, I was extremely entertained by yeah. by. A the concept and B how mad it made. It raised a smile people. for a good week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the fact that it exists. It was a thing I that think happened. We'll pre- yeah, it was a thing that happened. I just, <laughs> um, yeah, and, and very interesting way to the concept of like, oh, he got Jesse's girl and she turned out to be a psycho, <laughs> like slightly borderline. Um, yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, sorry, just looking at recent live sets, they are playing it a lot live. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, was it? Maybe it was quite successful. Mm. Was it? I don't have no idea. Probably. They released. I remember they released a hell of a lot of random merch around it, just as a one-off <laughs> single, mugs and you know all sorts. <laughs> you mug. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> happy to move I mean, on. Like, to- what I will say about mm. that song is I appreciate the fact. That it sounds like a Coheed song yeah. rather mm. than, than Coheed trying yes. to do Jesse's Girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What, what, whatever gets you through quarantine, guys. Yeah. Um, sorry, just to, just to cut in here as a final note, just under a million views on YouTube. So yeah, yeah. fairly popular. I like to think that, that on 
Claudio's hard drive, there is a whole sequels album that will just <laughs> never see the light of day. <laughs> and and do you know something else actually that, that's just occurred to me is is the obviously the the hook is you know I I don't love you anymore, but the the ending of the course is like things will get better, and mm-hmm. I and I think it came out at a time when we all really needed to hear that. Yeah, that's yeah. probably part of it as well. <laughs> um, which brings us, Ollie. To shoulders, yes. Um, so yeah, um, uh, this is the first thing that's been released from an as yet unannounced album, but we assume it's going to be Vaxxas yeah, Two. According to Wikipedia and everywhere else, it is from it, so it yeah. is a sign of what it will be. Yeah. Shoulders, um, which um, I've just got up the single artwork, which I haven't seen before. <laughs> it's very wow. much in line. It looks a bit like um, if if anyone out there saw the. Um, uh, the recent announcement of everything for God of War 2. Oh my two. god. Um, this th- is dreadful. There's the internet was up in, up in arms about the, the chubby Thor. And this looks like the chubby Thor from the God of War artwork with I, an extra head growing out of his breast. I mean, it does. It, Are they it, it doing looks, their it, own artwork as well as the production? Because this this distinctly has the smack of someone who's just learned how to use a three D rendering yes. program. Yes, and and it, this is the worrying it. the worrying thing, isn't it? Is that it looks like the album artwork for all of the Vaxis albums is going to be along a similar line to the one we've oh, already described. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, shoulders. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It's a three minute thirty banger. Interesting video uh, with the under the skin esque red creatures emerging from a snooker table. <laughs> so I've never um, seen, I didn't realize there was a video. I hadn't seen it. So oh I'm, yeah. Um, so the band are all in white and the, background. the band are all in white and they're facing off with a bunch of um, full body suited red guys that come from a snooker table. And the way they emerge looks a bit like that uh, Scarlett Johansson sci-fi movie, Under the Skin. So I, I really like this song. I said to you guys in the group chat before, I think that the quality of the riff is inversely proportional to the fucking tone that they've chosen to to play it through. Mm. It's, I, I mean, I get that it's a choice, and I'm sure I'll come to love it, but I think that it sounds disgusting. Like it's, <laughs> it sounds like... The distortion pedals that all of the you know the first bands that you that I played with yeah. when we were doing gigs in my school hall would play through like some fucking metal. My uh, my something. plastic Digitech multi effects pedal <laughs> yeah. is what it yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but great riff and swagger, right? Yeah. The what we were talking about in the hard sell, like that is back in fucking droves. This yep. song, it just has that that sense of like. Fuck you, we're coheed. And, we do it. <laughs> and I instantly, instantly love that. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I think it's yeah, it 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 did the same to me for me that uh, unheavenly creatures did for um, for Vaxis One of just making me kind of go, yeah, it, it's it's on track basically. It, they've not gone, they've not veered off to a strange direction. Which would be the worst thing right now. And you know the, I'm watching the video now, and the video is has captured and I, I you know I assume that this would have been filmed um you know not long after they well, I mean I guess they were together to record this right mm-hmm. but it would have been probably one of their first opportunities to at least uh if not perform then then you know mime together <laughs> for, 
and it's it's captured the energy that they're giving off live or were giving off live mm. on on the tours immediately before lockdown, where they just all look so stoked to yep. be in Coheden Cambria. <laughs> um, yeah, and that just makes me really fucking happy. Roll on the album. There we go. Yeah. Cool. What a band. Indeed. What a band. I mean, look, look listen to that. Even, okay, putting aside Year of the Black Rainbow, <laughs> even the, the album that we, we all agree is too long, you know, we, we can't pluck the, the, the songs off it. And the second to last slot in any of our album rankings is simply the one we like the least rather yeah, than yeah. dislike the most. Yeah, yeah. Just an ins- just a remarkable level of consistency. Yeah, I, I really think they're a very special band, and I'm very happy they're still, you know, if not relevant. I mean, I hope I'm way too old to judge what's relevant or not, but not giving in to the nostalgia thing of like yeah. each album being. There's two good songs on here. We'll add to the set list, and then we'll just play the hits. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure that when this new album comes. And they're touring. We're going to be getting loads of songs off off that album. Yeah, I'm I'd sure imagine I will so. Be well into that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah, they 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 they're very much survivors. Um, you know, there's few bands that have been through as much um, shit that they have and come through the other side smiling. Um, but um, but yeah, um, great bands will go down in the annals of modern rock history. Um, as uh, maybe they're not my, my, maybe not the biggest, maybe not the most influential, but certainly a landmark band. And out unique, there on their own, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely really. unique. Oh, yeah. yeah, beat me to it. There beat we me go. To yeah. Well, that's, that says it all, though, doesn't it? You know, that's mm. it. for sure. So now we go into the uh, the niche of the better top five. On um, right, here we go again. <laughs> Last year. Better uh, top five songs from um, that aren't uh, from albums that aren't a debut that feature musicians for one album only. So, so Ollie, can I check the rules on this? I, I know we did this uh, offline, but I want to do it performatively as well to make <laughs> yeah. sure. I, I really struggled with this, which I think is more to do with um, <laughs> when a musician appears on an album for one album only usually a pretty good reason for that yeah. <laughs> um so i i would like i i confirm this with you i think by text but i want to just make sure because two of mine fall into this category um that we are okay to include um on a technicality uh artists where the reason that the musician has only appeared on one release is because they haven't released anything since I can't, so it's can't technically remember. within within the rules, but at some point no longer will be. I think if that's you see okay. what I mean. I think that's yeah? okay. okay I think originally okay. we didn't, but uh, at this point, yeah. I, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the only way I could keep Coheed off this yeah. list. Yeah. Ah, yeah, okay, yeah, fair. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, hit that jingle, Chris. So, uh, before we go into our top fives, um, any honourable mentions, chaps? I struggled with fives. (laughs) (laughs) Honourable mention would would be pick pick a good, you know, 
no, anything off No World for Tomorrow, really. Yeah. Really. yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Pro- probably in particular Feathers I would have gone for if, yeah. I, mm-hmm. if I had to pick one song. Okay. Um, Chris, anything? Uh, I mean, yeah, I go, I'll quickly go, I'll quickly do a quick run through. Black Sabbath. Uh, this is not a, a, a one to, but just not to suggest as a good one, but just one that I didn't know existed, which was their uh, Born Again album, which features Ian Gillen of Deep Purple. Mm. Uh, it's awful. Yeah. Don't bother listening to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the Darkness as well. You've obviously got their second album where they didn't have, uh, I've forgotten his name, the original bassist. Oh, Frankie Poulet. That's it. Who then rejoined later on. Mm-hmm. Um to go with is it just me if you're okay. going to try and choose a, a song from that album mm-hmm. uh, Modest Mouse um, this is one where uh, much uh, used to appearing with bands randomly for individual albums mm-hmm. and being Johnny Marr uh, I'd go with uh, Florida mm-hmm. the album that he's on uh, then okay th- these are the proper for me uh, you've got Daniel Davison of Norma Jean on Under Oath's Disambiguation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd go with Paper Long as a song. Yeah. Uh, I'd go with... Uh, where are we? Blessed Black Wings by High on Fire from the same album mm-hmm. as Joe Preston on bass. Oh. Who's General Doom Lord. Right, yeah. But that, that, that record's got Devolution on it. That's a... Banger. It's a great opener, <laughs> but there's something about the the, the, the title track that I really yeah, love. Yeah. Um, this is the one that I think I remember last time uh, not being picked up on. Uh, you might have done. I might be thinking of another one. Uh, but Weezer's Green album, right, has Mikey oh. Welsh on bass, right, uh, which is actually the only one with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone with Island of the Sun. Just yeah, but it's the big one. It's not the best song on there. No, no, by a long no, shot. Yeah, um, an album that has El Scorcho on it. No way. Yeah, uh, no, no, that's not on that album. That's um, a maladroit. I've made this no, mistake Pinkerton. before. Brilliant. <laughs> not El Scorcho. Fucking El uh, Dope Nose. Uh, okay, yes, that was the one you thought before. That's it. And that was that was maladroit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what's my favourite song on Green Album? Probably Hashpipe. Probably, I mean, yeah, that's the other. That's the other big one, isn't it? To go for. Um, uh, where are we? Okay, uh, I know Ollie not so keen on this band, but uh, mm. Fake History by Let Live mm-hmm. um, has Anthony Rivera on drums. Right. I'd go with H. Ledger. Uh, the Bronx Five. Now, I don't know, because this was one at this point that fits into Rob's category of it yeah. being the last. I, I'm not sure if he appears on the next one or not. Joey Castillo. No. Uh, oh. uh, so, yeah, so probably. So, I've got uh, David Hidalgo Jr. Right. Of Suicidal Tendencies, Social Distortion. I didn't make a note of what instrument it is. It does, I assume, the drummer, because they've been through a few drummers. Yeah, uh, uh, Joey Castillo, formerly of Queens of the Stone Age, is, is on the, Bron- new one. the Bronx Six drummer. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, so I'd go Stranger Danger from that album, if it still qualifies. <laughs> um, Helmet, Betty. Ah, oh, nice. I can't believe this hasn't made my top five, because I absolutely <laughs> adore that album. Yeah. Um, uh, the guitarist... Uh, Rob Echeverria okay. uh, of Rest in Pieces <laughs> uh, yeah I'd go Wilma's Rainbow as the track and then nice. the last one that just missed out on my top five yeah. uh, is um, My Unsaid Everything from When Forever Comes Crashing by Super. Converge with Stephen Brodsky yes uh, so I've got um, I've got a couple more before we go into the top fives. Sorry, this uh, is back. This is from back in the day where I just 
went ridiculously with my legends <laughs> You still do, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I've got down um, uh, a track from Paramore's Parable, um, which, feature, which is the only album to feature the drumming talents of Ilan Rubin, mm-hmm. um, also of um, various other bands, including... Nine Inch Nails at one point, uh, Lost Profits at one point, Adrian's Nails at another point. Just one of the best drummers, if not the best drummer in modern rock. Absolute corker. Uh, So I've gone for um, part two off that record. Mm -hmm. And uh, my other honourable mention is uh, Getting Smaller from Nine Inch Nails' With Teeth. I know he was only technically part of the live band and like Trent Reznor is the only musician and now Atticus Ross. Uh, who is credited as a permanent member of Nine Inch Nails, but um, Aaron North, of the formerly of the Icarus line, was so intrinsic to some of the stuff on With Teeth. It, it feel um, weird for me not to mention him as a life, uh, lifelong NIN devotee. Yeah. Um, I see, seeing that the With Teeth tour, he was yeah. just incredible in, yeah, in yeah. the live band, so it feels, yeah, feels allowed. Cool. So, Rob, your number five, please. So, I think just want to preface this by saying it's quite telling with how much I struggled with this, and actually that the pool that we're that we're uh, working with mm. that my top five contains two albums that have already been mentioned by, yeah, by yeah. both of you. So, my number five is "Don't Let Go" by Weezer. Again, there we go. Uh, yeah. Mikey Welch. And that's probably my favourite song on the Green Album. Yeah, okay. Good. Uh, just a really strong opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Chris, your number four? Five. Five, sorry. <laughs> uh, my number five is from Low Teens by Every Time I Die. Mm-hmm. Again, with Daniel Davison of Norma Jean, and mm-hmm. as previously mentioned, Under Oath. Um, I've gone with It Remembers, the one with Brendan Urie, just because, again, quite unique for Every Time I Die in terms of how melodic and kind of accessible it is as a song, really, but it's still an incredible, incredible song from an incredible album. Yeah. Wait, um, so, sorry to, 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 to derail this, um, yeah. but uh, could you just give me a bit of background? There, I did not realise that that Low Teens had a a uh, like a one-off lineup. What what's what's the background there? I don't actually know. It's the it's, it's the it's the drummer, obviously, but I don't know what the deal is with with why. I'm not okay. I'm not very versed on every time I no. die's kind of um, I'll, I'll, movements. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> So their original drummer was Mike Ratboy Novak, who lasted up until around X Lives. Okay, and I then that, him that, getting kicked out. Yeah, yeah. So he was replaced by um, Ryan Ledger, who was um, ex Norma Jean as well. Okay. Um, so so he he played on 2009. So that'd be Big Dirty, X Lives, and From Parts Unknown until 2015. And then Daniel Davison was drums for Low Teens Only, and now they He's have going a, to be on the new one as well, is he? he is, no, they have a guy called Clayton Hollyoak on oh, drums okay. now. Daniel Davison is um, not currently attached to a band. I think he's kind of a session guy. I think he's a bit like he's played with he's played he's played with um, Norma Jean, Color Revolt, uh, Under Oath, and Every Time I Die. Okay, mm. yeah. Cool. Yeah, sorry, sorry to derail that. I, I just didn't, mm. didn't, didn't realize it's fine. at all. 
What's your number five, Ollie? Yes, uh, so uh, my my number five has also already been mentioned. Um, It's um, off that Modest Mouse record featuring Uh, Johnny Marr. Um, We were dead before the ship shank. The ship shank? (laughs) The ship shank. The ship sank. uh, And I've gone for Dashboard. Um, can we just use this opportunity to talk about Rick Astley and Blossoms? <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> and what has transpired actually in the last 24 hours, breaking news, <laughs> yeah. where people are accusing Johnny Marr of beefing with Blossoms for covering his songs. He's like, no, it's fine. I mean, he's not. <laughs> no. He's, no, he's, he's not. He's clearly not got fine. a chip he's on his shoulder about it. being incredibly aggy about it. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Okay. I met Blossoms the other day and they elected not to mention it. I met Blossoms the other day at a charity do, super down to earth and lovely people. Yeah, yeah but he did. Yeah, he said they were neglected. And when someone was asking like why he was being so like off about it, he was like, "You don't understand the context. There's a lot of history there." Mm. So I don't know if there was something between Rick Astley and Morrissey, which sounds like a documentary I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of pictures of them together in the eighties. Yeah. So there's obviously some some kind of falling um, out or something. Out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, e- either way, I would happily go and watch that show because it looks very good yeah. and it doesn't involve a cunt at the front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. You're number four, Rob. So this is the first of my two technicalities. Um, mm. it, it does fit the bill, but on, only just. And uh, I'll tell you what the song is, and I think you'll both understand what I mean. So. Um, I have gone with uh, Foo Fighters, Up in Arms. Mm. Um, now this 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 is qualifies on a technicality in that William Goldsmith, who yeah. was the 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 first drummer for the Foo Fighters, did not play on their first album because that's mm. famously all Dave Grohl. Yeah, yeah. And he also, even more famously, was um, not. He had all of his parts re-recorded for Colour and the Shape because he just wasn't up to Dave Grohl's standards. Yeah. Um, but, and I've always assumed this was a like a gift to him so that he gets royalties. His drumming was left on Doll, the first track, and the slow bit of Up in Arms before it all kicks off. So not even the whole song. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because again, when it all kicks off, it's it's yeah. you know he wasn't he just couldn't uh, uh, hit the, the the you know he was playing the accents in, all, in the wrong place yeah. apparently. Um, so yeah, but I love that song. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. And uh, you know, he, William Goldsmith is is on that and nothing else. So yeah, <laughs> Foo Fighters, Up in Arms from Color and the Shape. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that's a good one to mention as well for how salty William Goldsmith about uh, was about it for so many years afterwards. I think oh, really? Understandably so. <laughs> he didn't get the royalties from one of the biggest selling yeah. albums of, of all time. Do, do better. Uh, <laughs> Um, but also um, a timely-ish um, shout to give because um, Goldsmith's new band, Assertion, released their debut intermission in April and it's all right. Okay, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Your number four, Chris? Uh, we return to Johnny uh, and his stint with the Cribs. Johnny Ma. Um Ignore the Ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably my favourite Cribs album. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and We Were Aborted is the song I've gone for, opener. I, it's one of those songs that I will still go back to on a very regular basis and just enjoy more and more every time I listen to it. Considered for a song that's, what, 12 years old now? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Johnny Marr just adds... I've, ch- I, I've put that one so high up because I think Johnny Marr 
adds so much to that album and to mm-hmm. the sound of it. Super. Uh, my number four. Um, we are staying in Britain and uh, going with Rolo Tomasi um, with uh, Stage Knives of Grievances, uh, their 2015 record. Um, so that was the only record to feature the drummer Tom Pitts, who was formerly in uh, Throats and Good Time Boys. Um, so yeah, uh, Grievances, uh, maybe a spoiler for a future ranking uh, Black Band t-shirt episode, but um, it's one of my favourite Rolo Tomasi records, and uh, Tom is excellent on that, as he was in his other bands. Yeah, so, see, I um, hadn't realised that. I thought he was on the... Um time will die as well no no he's been, he'd, yeah. he'd been he'd been removed by that point um, replaced so yeah Rolo Tomasi who uh, we're going to see live soon so that's that's exciting oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, new stuff <laughs> yay um, you're number three Rob so this is this is a, a cop out um, because uh, this person will be on future releases but at the moment it works so um, <laughs> despite having been in Baroness for six Five years at this point. Right. Uh, Gene Gleason has only played on one release by them. So I've gone for Borderlines by Baroness as my number three. Okay. Um, especially having seen it live, the, the the guitar interplay between her and uh, and John Diabese is just fucking incredible. Terrible cool. fucking production job on, the, on that record. Yeah. Gray, but um, undeniable song. Mm. So, so what... Um... So she's been in the, she's been in the live setup uh, for years, but hasn't um, didn't she, play she, did, she didn't, didn't play on, didn't didn't play on purple. Was that they the, put, out, the, they put yeah. out purple and the original guitarist who was the the the, the sole remaining member of the original who who who, le- who left after the bus crash? Uh, no, no. So so he he everyone else left after the bus crash, and it right. was just John Dyer basically and, and the right. guitarist whose name escapes me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they installed the current rhythm section, released purple. And the guitarist left during the Purple Cycle. Gotcha. So when I saw them at Download 2016, touring Purple, Gina was in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but she never actually got to play on an album until they put out um, Golden Grey. Golden Grey. Um, three okay. years after that. I think, yeah, I think you can have that one. She, um, like, I'm not a big Baroness fan, but she's such a big part of their live presence that yeah, I think yeah, um, uh, uh, these days that I think you can have it. Proper yeah. shot in the arm. She 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 really reinvigorated that band. I think. Mm. Nice. Your number three, Chris. Uh, my number three is ah yeah, and this is an album that I wanted an opportunity to bring up for a long time because uh, I think it is brilliant and all too easily forgotten as a kind of classic for me of, of this kind of era. Uh, so it's 2007's Magnetic North by Hopes Fall. Mm. Um, has Jason Trabu? Trabui? Trabu? Trabui! T R A B U E. Trabu? On drums. And I'd go, I've gone with Vacation, Add Vacation as the song. Um, but I could have chosen any song off that album, pretty much. It's mm-hmm. great. Lovely. Apt in this episode to be talking about um, mid 2000s proggy post hardcore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my number three has already been mentioned earlier in the in the um, in our listing. It's uh, off um, petitioning an empty sky by Converge. 
um, featuring Mr. Stephen Brodsky of uh, Cave-In, Mutoid Man and uh, Two Minutes to Late Night, um, his <laughs> lockdown sessions, which have um, yeah been wonderful to watch. Um, I've gone for the high cost of playing God off that record. Uh, your number two, Rob. My number two, um, Alkaline Trio, Hell Yes. Okay. Uh, Mike uh, Fellamley. I'm going to go okay. with I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think because Derek Grant is such an enormous part of that band's songwriting process and such a great drummer, um, mm. it's easy to forget that from me there it looked like Mike Fellamley was, was going to be the guy. Like he joined for From Here to Infirmary, and then I, and I don't know the, the circumstances, but he didn't last uh, beyond that. And I've picked Hell Yes because I think that um, I saw someone on Twitter this week say that. Uh, Hell Yes is the most Alkaline Trio sounding Alkaline Trio song. And <laughs> I have to agree with that. It, it, it's the absolute distillation of, of that band. And uh, and he plays on it. So, yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. It's almost always drummers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> A bit like Spinal Tap. <laughs> the drummer is not fine. Um, you're number two, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of regretting putting this one here now few months back whenever we did this originally just because my views on this band develop <laughs> with time constantly and I kind of at this point I was like yeah they don't do things for me that I enjoy that much anymore this point now I'm at the point now I actively am kind of annoyed that things about them still get swept under the carpet mm-hmm. uh, so it's bring me the horizon mm-hmm. um, but there is a hell I won't say the whole thing. Can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's it's one of my again one of my favourite albums from that kind of time. It was twenty ten, I think that one came out. Yeah, twenty twelve. Um, one of the one of those albums that got me excited about heavier music. Mm-hmm. And again, at a time when I was much more into the kind of punk and American indie kind of side of things. Yeah. Um, is it Jonah? Is that how you say? It? Is it Jonah Weinhoffen. Jonah Weinhoffen yeah. of I Killed the Prom Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone with Crucify Me because mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic song. Yeah. Um, fantastic album and a game changing album mm-hmm. cool um, and my number two has already been mentioned <laughs> such a small pool yep. um, it's uh, map change off every time I die is low teens hey. uh, yeah um, so yeah um, confirmed that this still counts because um, the new every time I die album which will be with us very soon very excited about that uh, and um, yeah map changes the best song on it for me quite 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 easily fair enough yeah, good shout uh, yeah um, number one yes has already been mentioned but <laughs> I don't care because this is an absolute banger for the fucking ages and it's Ain't It Fun by Paramore from the yeah. title uh, mm-hmm. a tremendous Island Rubin performance very, yeah. very very much playing to the song mm-hmm. but just Pow- fucking powerhouse drumming and, and a <laughs> song that changed the trajectory of that band's career arguably yeah. as well so obvious choice but I, I don't feel a single shred of guilt about it <laughs> I think I feel like I, if I remember correctly I think Ollie and I were listening to Paramore and Prep for doing our Paramore episode mm-hmm. whilst we recorded this Coheed part two the first time round yeah I believe so so I hadn't clocked that it was eligible at this point when we came up with my list because I haven't mentioned it at all obviously my mentions or anything and it's not in my top five but yeah definitely that song would definitely be be in there otherwise also and probably not coincidentally 
just one of the best drum sounds in mm. modern rock. Absolutely. Uh, I realize it's nine years old now, but it just, it marked a return to like an organic sound yeah. after years and years of hyper-compressed sampled drums. It sounds yeah. like a dude in a room hitting stuff, and I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Your number one. My number one, featuring Larry Gorman on drums for the only time. Uh, from Glass Jaws Worship and Tribute is Tip Your Bartender. Fantastic. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't need to justify it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, probably my favourite song off that record too. Mm. Um, just an all-time post-hardcore classic. Uh, yeah, um, it's a shame but, um, Glass Jaws don't, don't have enough records uh, to do a Black Band t-shirt. But I mean, we'll let's be... wait another 10 years. Yeah, might yeah, be might be. Might, might, <laughs> fact, another one might come along, we'll see. Even that'll only be four though, won't it? How yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, my number one has already been mentioned, <laughs> unsurprisingly, <laughs> and it's exactly the same song as well. It's uh, "Crucify Me" by um, Bring the Horizon. Ah, nice. Of there is a hell, believe me, I've I've seen it. There is a heaven. Let's keep it a secret. Yeah, um, don't need to go into what Chris mentioned about um, yeah uh, things about this band that we don't like. We probably won't be covering this band on a special, even though. This mid-period of their career, Suicide Season, There Is A Heaven and Seb Eternal, is well worth yeah. talking about and rediscovering. Ollie Sykes is a very unpleasant person, so, um, yeah, not going to give them um, any credence, which is a shame because they're such phenomenal records. But uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> Crucify Me Crucify me is there anyway uh, for the performance of uh, Jonah Weinhofen and Light as well. Yes. Yeah wonderful on that track so there you go um we are a band we are two members of a band we are called my eyes are old and bent we play a blend of post hardcore and post metal we can be found on facebook twitter and instagram at the handle at m-e-a-o-a-b uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Grimheart promotions which is chris and i wanted to put on gigs in london and surrey because that is where we live uh, so if you're in a band, if you manage a band, if you manage a venue, if you are mates of a band and want to shout them out, or if you just generally want to know what might be going on in terms of cool gigs in those areas, if you live around there, uh, give us a shout on Facebook, our Instagram, at the handle, at Grimheart Promo. So yeah, um, what have you been enjoying lately musically, Rob? Well, I remember when we first recorded this, I think mm. the shout-out that I gave uh, was for uh, the Citizen album, Life mm. in Your Glass World, right. that came out earlier this year. I don't know if anyone's uh, shout-out since then, but um, whether or not you were into Citizen and lost interest, or they're a band that have never interested you, I think it is well worth a listen. Um, uh, content warning for um, what I'll describe as indie disco drumming. There's a lot of that <laughs> on this album, um, but I think it's fucking great. Um, and, uh, outside of that, um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed, uh, actually a lot of stuff kind of outside of my usual comfort zone, but, mm. but some, some, some favorites this year, uh, from, um, the, uh, the latest Foxing album, yeah. uh, Draw Down mm -hmm. the Moon. And, uh, I, I'm sure someone will have already mentioned this, but, um, the, uh, the um, Manchester Orchestra album from, from earlier this year is. I don't is know if we have that. We haven't because beautiful. 
we're kind of saving chat about them for maybe a future episode because Chris is Andy Hull produced the Foxing album so Mm. those two make a nice companion piece yeah yeah. great bands great bands super Um, yeah my only shout out uh, this week is um, it was a big uh, big big day for releases yesterday the only Mm. one I actually got around to listening to was the new Employed to Serve. Oh, uh, cool. I have not listened to that one yet, so um, I'm interested to know what you think. Yeah, really, really good. Really um, marks a big change of direction for them. Um, I, I thought from the first couple of singles that were released uh, that it would be a more new metal direction. That was my worry, yeah. Which, uh, which they seem to be nodding towards an eternal forward motion, but I think the change is more into uh, the groovier side of things. Oh, cool. So you're looking at sort of them entering into the world of the like the more arena friendly moments of the likes of Lamb of God, Pantera, and Gajira. Exciting. Okay, that's getting a listen today. I will today. check that out. Which yeah, they're not a band that I would uh, ordinarily be that interested. No, in. and like it to me. um, I, I I like I think this is the first time uh, that they've been more down your alley, Rob. Um, yeah, there are early. Early material is far too abrasive for your usual tastes. But like channeling the likes of Dillinger and the Chariot, like that's not your thing in the slightest. But uh, yeah, I think um, this is definitely a step into um, them leaning into the fact that they've been chosen, handpicked by Gajira to support them on their UK and EU arena tour and looking to step into that um sort of territory but not doing what the likes of bring me and architects have done and selling out the heaviness mm. nice cool souls Excited. i love fortitude so uh, yeah i'll be checking that out cool uh, I'll go, i've got two to mention so i'll mention my first one uh i'll do it the other way onto what i was going to because this one kind of links more nicely in with what you've just talked about which is um the album Stalker by Utopia. I kind of struggle to call Utopia a band. It's more of a project. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brainchild of John Bailey, who is usually the touring guitarist for people like Alad Jones and Russell Watson. <laughs> uh, but this is like uh, just, it's an extreme metal odyssey. Essentially, it's kind of tech metal, but it's got the kind of like Dillinger style jazzy stuff in a lot of places but kind of very jazzy mm-hmm. uh, Billy Reimer is on a few of the songs okay. there's, there's lots of different drummers on it you've got Billy Reimer Bard Kolstad from Leprous Lee Fisher from Fawn Limbs and Siopus um, Cy Blake Lock Simon Peter King is another guitarist there's loads of different people sort of just appearing on it um, but two kind of key members of uh, being John Bailey is on guitar and uh uh, Chris Reese, the vocalist, uh, who's normally with Corrupt Moral Alter, although I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's just the thing for me was initially I was worried it was going to be in the same vein as like between the buried uh, between the buried and me mm-hmm. and um, oh shit, who else was I thinking of? Oh, the names completely escaped me. Help me out, Kezia. Oh, Protest Hero. Yeah, thank you. Uh, like their latter output being mm. kind of very almost annoyingly quirky mm. and not like I thought it was going to go down that route but actually they managed to be just as kind of interesting with blending genres and things without it going to that annoying 
Yeah, yeah. So area. So like um, around the same sort of circles as uh, Devon Townsend. Yeah, just feels a bit more genuine, you know, a bit yeah. more like they're doing it because it's it's what they want to be doing rather than because their thing has become being weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really cool. If you're into that kind of stuff, if you're not, then you'll hate it. <laughs> uh, my other one is something completely, completely different, and part of what I've loved about trying to listen to so much stuff this year as it comes out, I'd never have listened to this otherwise. Normally, can't remember where I heard about it. Um, but Night Jewel, who she's been going for a while, um, Los Angeles kind of singer-songwriter, electro-pop kind of artist, um, Ramona Gonzalez. Uh, album No Sun came out a few weeks ago, written after her divorce and whilst working towards a PhD in musicology, mm-hmm. uh, kind of taking control because she used to work with her husband on, on the albums and things, so she's kind of learned how to do it more herself. And it's, as a result, very stripped back. It was all done on very basic equipment, moving around. And the result is just a really cool, kind of sparse, uh, kind of intimate, weird electro pop album. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. Cool. <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> Lovely. So, um, yes, uh, we can be found on our Twitter accounts if you want to come shout at us about our Coheed opinions. Um, I am on at O-L-L-I-E-X-C-O-R-E, Ollie X Core. Chris, you are on? At C-M Grumps. And Rob, where can people find you? Rob? <laughs> he's gone he just got sent a message to the zoom chat really i really have to go sorry lads let me know where to upload the files <laughs> i don't know when that was <laughs> we just carried on talking two minutes ago okay yeah. well sorry rob uh, <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on mate i mean that's a lesson to me to stop going on so much <laughs> uh thanks for coming on mate um yeah um hopefully we'll have you back soon but uh, rob can be found on twitter at puns P-U-N-S underscore N underscore roses. Puns and roses. That's uh, the one. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. Um, give us a follow. Uh, and uh, all that remains is for us to introduce our next episode, which will be us re, um, re, re going into the world of hip-hop uh, as we rank the albums of Tyler, the Creator. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, that's going to be... A good chat, I think. Hmm, I think so. So yeah, join us then. Uh, uh, have a listen to our playlist, which will be updated shortly after the podcast is released uh, with all our favourites from this episode. And um, subscribe on your favourite podcatcher. And while you're there, uh, a, uh, a five-star review and a recommendation to a pal would be wonderful. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, guys. We'll see, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.